Welcome back to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast. Today, I've got Christian with me, and I'm really excited about today's podcast, mainly because we'll be looking at two people, Paul and Peter, and specifically their interaction and their approach to the truth. Now, before we start, I want to encourage everyone to read the end of Galatians chapter 1, which started at verse 16, which is where we ended last time, and read all of Galatians chapter 2 all the way down to verse 14. Due to time constraints, welcome to the UMMC Bible Study Podcast, a podcast produced with students at UMMC. My name is Tim Chen, and I'm a former graduate of the UMC Medical School. Currently, I'm a family physician practicing in Mississippi. The goal of our podcast is to help our students and their families grow closer with the Lord and stronger in their faith and walk with God. With the rigors of school, it can be difficult to spend time with the Lord as well as fellowship with other believers. We hope that this podcast uplifts you during this challenging time and encourages you in your journey with God. Christian, what I would like for you to do is read chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. And again, what we want the believers to see is essentially these two brothers giving us two patterns concerning how we approach the truth. And I always appreciate that we can learn a lot, both from a positive example in the Bible and a negative example in the Bible. So Christian, if you don't mind, go ahead and reading chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. Sounds good. And this, because of the false brothers brought in secretly who stole in to spy out our freedom, which we have in Christ Jesus, that they might bring us into slavery. To them we yielded with a subjection demanded not even for an hour, that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. Christian, let's stop there for a second. And essentially, let's summarize what is going on. Because in today's podcast, we are looking at essentially two main people. One is Paul, the other is Peter. And so these verses in the beginning of Galatians chapter 2 essentially is painting a a historical recap of what Paul went through. Do you mind just summarizing what you just read for us? Sure. So, you know, Paul received a very unique revelation, had a very unique experience, uh, a salvation experience. And he immediately, you know, began to, to speak the Lord, to speak for the Lord. And in doing so, right, he went to Jerusalem twice. The first time three years after he had been probably out in the desert, it says in Arabia, three years, he, he said he didn't confer with flesh and blood. And then he went up to Jerusalem and he met Cephas, Peter. And, and, and out of that, it was a kind of a confirmation privately that, you know, he, he had really received some revelation from the Lord. But then 14 years later, he went, he went up again to Jerusalem, and this time actually to address an issue. Basically, there were Jewish believers who were trying to put the Jewish requirements of the Jewish law on the Gentile believers. Here it's mentioned circumcision. Uh, later on, I think it also mentioned the Jewish diet uh, and also keeping the Sabbath. You, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but 
Paul, he says that the truth of the gospel might remain with you. So Paul here again, he's fighting for the truth that we're no longer under the law, but we have a freedom in Christ. And this is echoed throughout the rest of the book of Galatians. Uh, not here specifically, but, you know, we get to that. Yeah, Christian, I actually really like that verse area that you just read. So you read verse five. In verse four, he said, Yet because of false brothers secretly brought in, who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus, so they might bring us into slavery. These aren't subtle, small, light words. Paul is really throwing some big blows here and doing some very big accusations, using strong words like slavery. But like you said, Paul, and this is a pattern that we want to see concerning Paul. Paul was absolute for the truth. The Lord gave him a wonderful revelation on his road, on his way to Damascus. And that revelation guided him the rest of his life. I think we brought this out in the other part of the podcast, maybe even in Romans and Philippians, that he asked the Lord, who are you, Lord, when the Lord first revealed himself to him? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. And from that moment on, Paul spent his entire life trying to find Jesus, to learn Jesus, to spend time with Jesus, to know Jesus, even to be found in him. And to have him found in, have the Lord found in him. And so these are very strong thoughts that Paul has been faithful to be speaking and be consistent with. And so we've brought it out last time. Sometimes we think maybe the world can distract us from the Lord. And it can. Sin can distract us from the Lord, obviously. But in this moment, it was false brothers. It was believers Yet they still wanted the Gentile believers to follow the Jewish laws. And this really brought up a really strong reaction in, in Paul. And I'll read these verses. This is verse 11 through 14. Because we see that here even Peter got drawn back. And so we'll spend some time on this interaction between Paul and Peter. So here in verse 11 it says, But when Cephas came to Antioch, so this is Peter, I opposed him to his face, because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he was eating with the Gentiles. But when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing their circumcision party. And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with him, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, and there it is again, Christian, the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas before them all, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? Pretty strong, Christian. You have essentially one of the ones that began the church on earth in Peter, and yet he was kind of caught up in that same confusion. And here is Paul another brother condemning Peter right to his face. And again, I like that little phrase. He was not standing with the truth of the gospel. Christian, what is going on here? Here, you know, this this back and forth 
uh, between Paul and Peter. Very interesting, right? This is, this is, I think this can become very practical to us. Peter's experience here, right? He, he's, he's an apostle. He, he wrote those, the, the two epistles, first and second Peter. He was with the Lord, but he, he seemingly has kind of a failure here that, that we can benefit from. And his failure was what? He stole the brothers from James, kind of representing that Jewish <laughs> center. <laughs> and he, he felt afraid to exercise the, the freedom in Christ that he had discovered. And I suppose, uh, I, I think the point that you, you had wanted to make, and maybe you can comment more on this, was that Peter was corrected here, right? He was corrected by Paul. And that's a practical point for us. You know, sometimes we might receive some correction in the church life. Yeah, Christian, I would say, like I said, I always appreciate everything the Bible keeps in there. The Bible keeps in positive things. The Bible also purposely keeps in negative things, essentially to remind us and to teach us and to give us a pattern. You know, I'll just say this real quick and then we'll jump into Peter. From Paul's example, we can see that as believers, we have to stay firm for the truth, which means, number one, we have to know the truth. How can you stand firm in the truth if you don't know the truth? So number one, you have to know the truth. You have to have that same attitude that Paul did of pursuing the Lord and spending time with the Lord and reading the word and memorizing the word and praying over the word. And this constitutes you full of the truth. And when you have this truth, you have to be bold. You have to be faithful to continue to speak this truth, even if it's not the most popular mainstream thing, which then brings me to Peter. Two things I think reading this account, I really learned from Peter and appreciate it. Number one, we should really have no confidence in our flesh. You think about it. Peter had spent face-to-face personal time with the Lord. He was with the Lord for three and a half years, watching him walk on this earth as a man. He saw him crucified. He saw him resurrected. He even had the Lord breathe into him so that he received the Spirit. He had the outpouring of the Spirit. In fact, the church, like he said, started in the book of Acts from Peter's preaching of the gospel. right? Even uh, the beginning of, the, of salvation to the Gentiles. In Acts chapter 10, Peter was praying and the Lord gave him a direct vision that the Gentiles are clean, that he should go to the Gentiles. And through Cornelius' house in Acts chapter 10, Peter spoke the gospel and the Lord was able to move through Peter speaking. Yet, even with all that experience, we can still get trapped back into our culture, back into our father's traditions, back into our religious background. And this actually is a pretty solemn warning for us, that no matter how close we think we are with the Lord, we should never be satisfied with where we are. We should never have confidence in our flesh that we're already there and no one can teach us anything different. And then the second point, Christian, is that Peter, and we'll read later in 2 Peter 3, Peter took Paul's criticizing. He took Paul's adjustment. It could have been very easy for Peter to say to Paul, look, Paul, I was here before you. 
I was with the Lord. You don't know what you're talking about. How dare you talk to me like that? I'm your senior. I'm a pillar. Yet he didn't have that attitude. And maybe that had something to do with his interaction with the Lord. He took Paul's corrections and it really, really helped him and saved him. And we'll mention this later in his writings in Second Peter. But I think this is just a really good lesson for us, Christian. Yeah, uh, I just want to add one more comment about this section. I, I really like all the fellowship that's going on. I think there's a great pattern also for us, whether we're part- participating in any kind of service or speaking for the Lord, you know, any kind of ministry. There's a lot of fellowship going on. Paul's going to Jerusalem and meeting with the brothers, getting fellowship. And Paul's even, uh, I really like, this is just a very small detail. Paul's got Titus with him. He's got, the, he's got this very, he's got a young brother with him going around. Titus probably not doing anything. He's benefiting just by being with Paul. And I think it's a great pattern of all the fellowship that goes on, you know, in serving the Lord. Yeah, and I think finally, the verses that you had mentioned in Second Peter, right, about Peter's comment about Paul's ministry. Yeah, let's actually, I'll read that to you uh, real quick. So this is Second Peter 3, verses 15, uh, 16, and 17. So 15 says, And regard the patience of our Lord to be salvation, just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all his letters, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to understand, which the untaught and unstable distort, as they do also the rest of the scriptures, to their own destruction. You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, be on your guard, lest being carried away by the error of unprincipled men, you fall from your own steadfastness. So again, here this is Peter in Second Peter, so his second epistle, essentially confirming that, hey, Paul writes some really, really good things, and it might be hard to understand. And there are brothers out there who will, will twist what Paul is saying. And I can even say... Peter referring to this incident, you know, Paul is talking about freedom from the law to be one with Christ. And I could see some here, he calls them unlearned and unstable people say, oh, look, Paul is just telling us to have a free for all that you don't have to do anything. You could just wait till you die. But Peter essentially is saying, hey, be cautious, be aware that there's going to be a lot of distortion in the word. But you can read here and realize that Peter was actually very thankful for Paul's ministry, very appreciative for Paul's correcting. Because sometimes if no one corrects us, if we never accept the, the fellowship or the criticism sometime, we might be perfectly happy falling backwards into a religious system. Yet sometimes if we're open to the fellowship, like you said, Christian, and we're fellowship with the other believers, we're not just by ourselves, but we're actually seeking fellowship with other believers, reading to word together, pursuing together, that actually can help keep us in the truth and not let us fall away into our own mind and fall away into our own concepts. So rather, it keeps us in the pure word. 
and it keeps us pursuing Christ, even encourages us to pursue Christ, especially that is my own experience for sure. Christian, any closing thoughts that you have on today's wonderful podcast section? I just wanted to mention that, you know, right after this portion of Paul and Peter, or Paul rebuking Peter, Paul then starts speaking about, guess what? He starts speaking about Christ. Christ, 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 Christ. We're, we're justified, not by not through the law, but, but Christ. So um, that, 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 that'll be probably, hopefully, the next thing we touch on. Again, it's, it's, it's not these rules, these outward regulations, the maybe what we, what we grew up in, you know, practically, what, what we grew up in so much. Those things are a great help. They're a great help, a great protection, a great guidance. But eventually, there needs to be Christ. That's the reality. Amen. Yeah, and Christian, I'll just wrap this up too. You know, you brought those three points, the Sabbath, the Jewish diet, and circumcision. And in all of Paul's writings, he says those are just shadows of Christ. If you have Christ as the bread of life, as mentioned in John chapter 5, you don't need a special Jewish diet. If you have Christ as your Sabbath, which is what he referred to himself in all the Gospels, you don't have to keep a certain Sabbath day. You have Christ. If you have Christ, you don't need circumcision in the flesh. In, fla- in fact, Christ is the, the one that really pierces the heart and circumcision of the heart. And that's actually what Paul says in Romans chapter 2. So I'm really excited that that is our next portion, that we will start becoming very Christ-centric, just like the Apostle Paul was. Well, Christian, thank you again so much for your time. And bade me dwell in him rejoicing there He bore me where no foot but his hath trod Within the holiest at home with God O holy place, O home divinely fair And we God's little ones abiding there O holy place, O home divinely fair And we God's little ones abiding there A long, long road I traveled night and day and sought to find within myself some way what I could do or feel.